This episode of the podcast has been brought to you by Sweet Cheetah Publicity. Sweet Cheetah is an inclusive, socially conscious PR collective that puts their money where their mouth is. They have a current roster of bands that reads like a greatest hits anthology. Brainiac, Catholic School, Jawbox, The New Amsterdams, Oceans in the Sky. I mean, the list goes on and on. They also do PR for record labels such as A La Carte, Arctic Rodeo, Steadfast, Rad Girlfriend, and so many more. How do they pay it forward? How do they put their money where their mouth is? By generating thousands of dollars in annual charitable donations to the likes of Women in Vinyl, Coalition of Communities of Color, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, and many, many more. The man has the receipts. I've seen them. It is real. The artists, labels, and podcasts Sweet Cheetah works with are curated with an eye on working primarily with friends. You could find Sweet Cheetah on all of the social media platforms, be it Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just look for Sweet Cheetah PR and they will be there. He's been Tim. I've been Peter. And Sweet Cheetah has been beautiful. I would. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. I am your host, Peter, and I am still here. Tonight on the show, I am pleased to present to you Godzillionaire. Who are Godzillionaire? Well, in order to tell that story, I have to take you back to 1993 in the midst of the grunge slash punk rock explosion that was happening in the youth culture of the United States amidst your Pearl Jam's Nirvana's Soundgarden's Alice in Chains slash Offspring and uh, you know Green Day Sam I Am for that one record that was on a major label that sort of thing there was a band that took the intensity of hardcore and punk the, uh, the riffing of Black Sabbath and the Americana bent of Whiskey Town and bands of that ilk. You bring them all together and you get a Southern Gothic masterpiece. That band was Paw. That first album in 1993 was Dragline. Having heard Dragline, my entire taste was turned on its ear. It changed me in the best of ways. They did two full lengths, one EP slash full length, and then after 2001, Pa was no more. Mark Hennessy, the vocalist and lyricist, years later and many bands later, has returned to us with the band Godzillionaire. I present to you, Exit the Succubus, Bankrupt, Naked, and Void.
Benjamin R. White, Michael J. Dye, Nicholas Cody Romaine, and Mr. Mark Hennessy, a.k.a. Godzillionaire, on the book of Very, Very Bad Things Podcast. Good this evening. How, so, how, are we, how are we this evening? I'm getting there, my brother. Getting there. Good. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? That's true. So uh, you guys are practicing this evening? Is that what's going on? Uh, it's Thursdays generally, but uh, tonight I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Not coming together quite yet? Uh, well, uh, we, we, we have, we have this, we have this assembled nearly wells. There's Cody. There's Ben. Oh, oh rogue, <laughs> a rogues gallery. Mike, <laughs> uh, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for your message. <laughs> it's nice. I, thank you very much for coming on. And, uh, you know, kind of to preface things, um, I've been a pretty, pretty sizable fan since Dragline came out. Um, it kind of, in my young mind, reminded me of uh, what would have happened if Cormac McCarthy joined uh, a band that had both, you know, like uh, Americana and hardcore punk leanings. And it just blew my very young punk rock mind and sucked me into uh, the wormhole that is your psyche. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks. Uh, that's the nicest uh, uh, lyrical compliment I've ever had. Are you... You reading his new thing by chance, The Passenger? Yes. Yeah, yes. me too. Me too. I'm about page eighty. I'm. I've gotten to probably like about page fifty. I have a three year old running around, and I'm forty six, so it's not easy to do that. Understood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and reading him, like it's like you kind of need a quiet room. You you need more than a quiet room. You need an actual like alternate headspace to kind of yeah. pull it out and put put on the new brain, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, I, you guys are working on a new record, are you not? Yes, we are. We are. And we're making, yeah, number four, and it's, we've got some headway. We're making some headway. I'm, uh, I'm very intrigued by this, by this band specifically because it's actually 
some of the heaviest stuff I've ever heard you involved with. And paw pa got heavy, but this is this has a different sort of intensity. This this has a, a drive that's unlike anything I think I've ever heard you associated with before. How did this all come together for you? Uh, well, you know, and, and thank you because one of the things I, I really do I, I want I love that this is a heavy band. Um, it also we also can be as delicate and as light as we want. Um, yeah, my it's we're neighborhood. Mike and and Ben, um, uh, we were just uh, we. I had been moving from one band, nineteen fifty DA, which was yep. I had played with some other cats, and Ben and Mike. Uh, and I just started playing together and, and it didn't take us too long to realize that we had something good. Right. So, well, uh, it, it got together cause we're, we're neighborhood. We're, we're yeah. locals. We're I think, locals. I think what makes it heavy is the dynamic shifts that are involved within the context of the music though, because you're not, it's not, you're not hammering people in the face, like with a, like full barrage, there's nuance to it. And I think that's what a lot of other heavy bands kind of miss the idea of, of, you know, creating a space where the heavy parts are even more impactful when there is an emotional landscape to kind of, you know, ride into the heavier aspects of it. You know what I mean? I do. Dynamics, really. Like, it's a, I think it's a lost art in music these days because everything's just so heavy, compressed, and in your face, like, just smashing down your you know ear hole <laughs> well and i like what you said about emotional landscape because i like to think about um our music like being places you mm. know and um and i think landscape is is i don't know man is that too hippie of a word for what we're trying to do sometimes <laughs> which word we're invested in the emotional landscape well i mean music to me suggests emotion and if it doesn't what are you doing uh, so that's that's part of what we have fun figuring out. And what's kind of a fun part and parcel to the whole thing is the fact that your lyrical content has actually gotten a bit more refined, but it's still very it's more biting than it's ever been. You know. And, Thank and you. I've, I've I've worked a long time trying to write something simple. You know what I mean? And I yeah. don't know. I, 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 and when I have somebody like you reach out to me and say that it's meant something to you. You got something from you, uh, from it. It makes me proud. It makes me feel like I'm doing, I'm maybe I got it. I'm, I'm getting it together a little bit. It's just an effort yeah. of love, man. I, and I, and I, I've never stopped working on it since I was a kid, you know, um, lyrics is a weird thing to be invested in, but I've been invested in it my whole life. As have I. And I think that's, well, part of the reason is when Dragline came out and I was 17 years old and I heard Jesse for the first time and I was actually reduced to tears by the sentiment of the song. And I think a lot of the people in my purview were a little, they, I don't think they quite got it, why it affected me so much, but there is a simplicity to it. But there's also, uh, you know, the idea of, of warning something you love to kind of stay away because you're going down a different path that's that's where i was when i was 17 years old so yeah, I really, man. I, it really resonated with me in that manner and i think with what you're doing now there's more of that emotional uh one-two punch coming across and i i often wonder like after having read your book and everything like that is is that kind of like interplay something that you're really trying to hone with keeping it simple but you know what i mean like kind of the love and hate the the leather and lace of it all um 
Well, yeah, you know, I am um, by nature uh, given to histrionics. I'm Irish Catholic. I was, yeah, me too. I was, you know, I was in the church choir. I have a liberal education. I'm overeducated liberally. Um, so I have a, I have a, I have a, a gothic imagination. Uh, and um, my the funnest stuff to me is always the um, the absence, the sad stuff. Uh, and, um, and 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 I've said it a couple times because it, it, you, you have on one side you have you have a song like uh, "Walking on Sunshine," Katrina and the Waves, right? Yeah. And on the other hand, you have uh, "Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone." Yeah. And we we were just we were just agreeing. I think because uh, you'd said something about it too. That um, and I don't. I, I beat this this horse to death. But that, that there should be some there should be emotional subtext to music, and it's easier for me to find it um, in the in, in those places where. <laughs> it's, it's my fault, man. I break stuff. Once I'm around, once I'm around computer stuff, I break stuff. I'm a lot of myself. I'm surprised I can operate this fucking thing. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, so, uh, I'm I'm interested in your uh, your 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 podcast. Now, how long have you been doing this? Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting into your 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 back issues. I think about a little over two years. My wife talked me into it during the pandemic. Uh, right on. My band was on hiatus because everybody's afraid to be around each other. And she, yeah. was sick, she was sick of me puttering around the house doing next to nothing. So she said, just do a, do a <laughs> podcast. Wait, you're wasting like time and you look miserable. So that's how that all came into uh, fruition. I, I came from a journalism uh, background, but, you know, you, you, you let it go. Are you, are you from New York? No. No, I'm that's from, cool. I'm from the Scranton area, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right on. Right on. Small town cool. pipe fitter. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, respect, man. Respect, and uh, respect for uh, uh, journalism background too. Um, telling truth is still is still a necessary job. Yeah, yeah. I, it just so happens that there's a you know just like my literature degree would tell you um, it's it doesn't really get you anywhere. You know. What I mean? Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, I have a PhD in poetry. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, and I love I love the meme. It's like um, uh, it, this man's having a heart attack, and it's like you know I'm a doctor. It's like uh, doctor poetry. It's like he's, he's going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know CPR, but I could quote I could quote Rimbo. No problem. Just give me. Yeah, a yeah that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 well, it's, you know, according to both, sometimes the right places uh, get you laid. I don't know that CPR gets you laid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe you could. I don't know. You save a life. That looks good, too. Uh, and I don't mean to reduce poetry to a means to get laid, although I have in the past. Uh, I, th I think all of us who have, uh, you know, a penchant for the written word <clears throat> have used it to our advantage now and again. No. How can you not, right? Oh, right. especially if it's like your arm, you know what I mean? It's that natural to you that it's, it's, you know, it's a part of your being. You use yeah. your arsenal to your advantage, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, are you playing? Are you is your band back together? Are you playing again? What 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 what's what's up with that? Uh, we're not really doing much right now because everyone, you know, I'm better off alone. I think at this point, when it comes to the music game, because I'm a dad, they're all dads. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has their things going on, and it just seems to be like chiseling out time doesn't always seem to work out. That's why I, I find it very interesting that you still find the time to chisel all of this out on top of you know life um people don't understand what it really takes to be a working band there's a massive amount of personal sacrifice that goes into it although it is just like breathing as i'd said it, you're you're giving up a lot you're you're taking away from other things and that personal sacrifice has to pay off somewhere uh it pays off with the love of music and the creation of music but not everyone feels that way even my fellow musicians right well yeah we're, we're in a different boat <laughs> i mean without music i'd be basically dead there's there's no way i mean i it's got to be involved even though usually when i'm at work there's there's got to be music in the background i worked in a music venue for almost a decade and a half and i, I couldn't possibly not do it at this point yeah, these two guys are the same way. I mean, we're lucky because we're really close. Um, we're friends. That's not always the case. That wasn't the case with, with Paul. You know what I mean? Um, uh, How about now? All right. There it is. Beautiful. I hope it's not echoing too bad over there. No, no, it sounds fine. Perfect, because this... This computer in here is now louder than fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark's grabbing the beverage. Beautiful. At least, at, listen. At least we are. Uh, we're all getting a little loose together uh, amid, right. amidst all of the chaos that ensues. I'm used to this, though. I mean, it's a computer. The, right. They exactly. Fuck they fuck up, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually on the Thursday, you'll. No matter what's going on, if it's us jamming in a room or, you know, what have you, we're boozing. Oh, what yeah. did we do with the bag? What bag? The grass bag. Unknown. Hold on just a second, brother. Yeah, man. Out. I'm smoking currently. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> Let me try and. Uh, Donna Summers, don't leave me this way. It's on. Where'd our camera go? There we go. Okay. Wonderful. Let me get appropriately THC'd here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, uh, you know, har 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 harmonic wavelengths. <laughs> I don't even remember where we left off, to be completely uh, honest. Your band. 
Mm. Yeah. So playing in a, a hardcore band in your late forties, uh, and everybody dips out because you know life. So that's the way that works out. But you know, I, I was what I was commenting on with that was you know I, it is kind of admirable that you guys are still plugging away and and creating quality music. I mean, I I was watching one of the horror movies on Hulu, and my. I, I was just sitting through the movie. I wasn't really paying attention. I was actually reading a book. My wife was watching the movie. And then I, I just put the book down. And I'm like, that's Mark Hennessy, isn't it? Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, it, it kind of blew my mind. Like, I was like, that's got to be Godzillionaire then. And it was. <laughs> but, you know, you, you pop up in the strangest places. And it's it's fun for me. It's almost like you know, the, something that I love coming back to me, uh, in a way, um, how did that kind of all come together? You end up in a movie of all things. Well, you know, it's crazy. And cause that guy's, I, I need to get in touch with them. Cause he, we did another thing for him recently. It's called baby blue. Uh, and it's another horror film, uh, but his name's Adam Mason. And, um, uh, he wrote me on Facebook and said, I make videos. I'd like to make a video for one of your songs. Uh, is that cool? And I said, of course, that's cool, uh, yeah. sir. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> um, and he sent us the most amazing, beautiful video for Absolute Zero. Yeah. He, did that, he did that free on spec without really knowing us. And uh, um, since then, we've, we've made friends. We, uh, we've done, um, uh, he's used us for a couple things for Hulu um and he's using us for something else that's coming out um yeah have you seen uh was it don't fuck with us or, i'm just fucking with you yeah 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 i don't know if that was the the, the one but yeah um, it was uh yeah he he's he's into horror more so than i am mm -hmm. uh but um we're, we've been lucky to have a friendship with him and it's interesting because his history with the exception of like you know, Alice in Chains is like Cradle of Filth and a lot of like, you know, pretty Black extreme music. And yeah. They were all over the board. When he first reached out, I looked at his website and I was like, this is nuts. And keep in mind, that was before the Alice in Chains thing happened uh, yeah. when he did Absolute Zero. So I, I'd never really heard of him, but then I started looking through some of the stuff he had done then at the time. And it was just, did you oh, see that? Man. Did you see that stuff he did for Austin Chains? Yes, I did. It's crazy, right? Incredible. So cool, man. Incredible. And and just to have uh, an association with that, it, it's it's very cool and it's very it, it makes sense to me because you know, at the start of your career with Paw, you guys were always like a band out of time, right? You, you didn't quite fit with everybody they tried to lump you in with. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they're yeah. like, oh, they're, they're, it's a grunge thing. Like to me, no, that does that didn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. To me, it had more in common with Black Flag than it did Pearl Jam. <laughs> you know, but uh, thanks for saying that. <laughs> no, I mean, I have good taste. That's the only thing I have going for me. Believe me. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. it. Doesn't sound like it. Uh, you, you, are you, you come at music from a literary position too? Are you, yes. uh, you, you, uh, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're a writer as well? Yes. Yes. Uh, um, in, I, in addition to lyrics. 
that's basically the reason why I became a vocalist. I, I never thought of myself as a singer, right? With the hardcore punk thing, you know, yeah. it was anybody could sing, anybody yeah. could yell. Um, yeah. It was more about the message, the written word. Um, and I think that's kind of where I fell short of the hardcore punk thing because everyone else was talking about, you know, their diets and whether or not they did drugs and stuff like that, which and what were you doing? And I was doing drugs and I was writing poetry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Someone you've made any missteps so far. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone wrong yet. Yeah, yeah. But I think now is kind of the perfect time for you guys because genre isn't a thing anymore record labels aren't a thing anymore these expectations of sounding like this wave of whatever that's obliterated man that doesn't these i have a daughter who's 21 and the idea of adhering to the strictures of a genre or dressing like the way everybody else who listens to this music dresses that just it doesn't happen right right, right. Kid, that, that, that doesn't make kids uh, that kids don't even understand that idea of, uh, we went through of uh, I don't know po posturing is like I'm a skater and I listen to DRI you know yeah. I don't know yeah. yeah 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 and that that was you know that was our generation right like yeah. coming from that coming from that bent you had to live up you know to your to your subculture and that just doesn't happen anymore and it's probably, better, it's probably better that way I mean it seems more eclectic and one of the things that is is putting the tools to make music in so many more kids hands really you know kids don't don't remember saving up to buy records either you know what i mean yeah. uh we're, we're now now you if you're in the if you're in the music business you're you're you, you make music for free you know for the most part um and uh that's another that's another funny thing too but i don't mind it no, I mean, did you really make that much money with A and M Records? Probably oh, no. not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, sometimes I get I get the amusing uh, like hundred dollar uh, royalty check uh, once a year, and I I think to myself, that's that's money I didn't have otherwise. Uh, but yeah, no, never, I never I never was smart about money and then didn't handle what I could have handled well. Yeah, but like that's you know part of being young that the the missteps of youth, as it were. I think now with your current situation with Godzillionaire, you you could kind of, you know, write your own ticket, right? You know, in yeah. a way, I think more. And we are, and we are, yeah. Like as you say, all the rules are different, so you know, we can act how we can accomplish the things that we want to accomplish, and ask for the sort of support or response that we wanted to to have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and, and what's weird is that we've had some some success doing it. I'm always surprised there's so many bands out there. There's so many good bands, you know, and for us to be um, a sort of 50-year-old uh, uh, dinosaur rock in, in the Midwest, you know, for us to still be able to have people like you interested in what we're doing, yeah. thank you. I'm glad. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a win for me. I mean, there's no way it was going to miss with someone like myself, but I know... I legitimately know people who don't even know anything about Pa or or where you came from. Most people don't. Yeah, who love it, love this band because it it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of different people. Like I said, I know people in the hardcore scene that I'm still like sideways associated with 
who love your band I, and metal people and people who love Queens of the Stone Age and Fu Manchu who love it. Fu Manchu! It, yes. Because it ticks all those boxes, right? Yeah. But it doesn't marry anything. And right. I, I think if you could stay a chameleon like that and, and may, like write your own ticket, be your own genre, the sky's kind of the limit with that. So uh, I, we're guided by, you know, uh, we're, we're not guided, obviously, we're not guided by genre. Right. We're guided by song. Mm -hmm. that's we we're guided by we we wanted song and and then that's that's what we're guided by then that's beautiful yeah to be in service of the muse i mean that's what you're chasing anyway if you're going to be honest about creating anything you're going to be in service to that rather than the way it's going to be perceived right you know that's just that's just sensible in my opinion but you know i'm not trying to become famous for anything Right. You know? <laughs> right. we, like, we like to refer to it as getting lost in the black hole yeah there's there's a lot of times where a lot of songs we've written or riffs or just an idea that somehow just we capture it in the void and try and hold on to it as long as we can and it, it's a beautiful thing yeah it's like like transportational or visionary like it's like narcotic and religious in aspect um and it's collaborative, you know. It's you couldn't, I couldn't do it by myself. No, I, I mean uh, that's the, I think most exciting, and dynamic part of being in a collective of people who make music together. You know that 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 maelstrom of 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 ideas that just kind of like raise a cacophony in the room, and you get lost to it. That's the that that's the penultimate. Well, particularly when you when you get to, I don't know why, but uh, I think it's because of time in. I'm doing it with really, really competent. These guys are really, really competent musicians, you know. So it's not like it's not like we just agree on stuff and and we get along and stuff. It's like we agree on stuff, we get along on stuff, we have a shared vision, and then these guys are really ultimately capable of uh, their instruments. I mean, it's just it's 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 really a pleasure to be a part of. So I, I kind of want to like go back to where you all started with your journey in in wanting to like make music and and being a fan of music. What was that? What was that first kernel of of, of truth you found in the beauty and and the joy of 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 listening? Who was that? Maybe band or group of bands or song that kind of started the fire for you. Well, I think for all of us, we're all from kids, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, um, um, I, I was, I've been a fan of of all kinds of music, of country, uh, western, and reggae, and show tunes, and classical, and jazz, um, um, my whole life. Uh, but I do think guitar, guitar-oriented album rock, like, like, um. Like Blue Extra Cult, like the Stones, like Eagles, like like the, like bands that were making albums that uh, um, uh, for sure Billy Squire, you know, is like like the, the people that come out with an album, they have an album, and, and and there's that that's part of it. We're talking about how that's that's changed now. Yeah, but definitely guitar solo, like 
album oriented like uh like the to, it's it's directed to the girl like hey girl come over here and come sit next to me while i sing you the song you know yeah that, that kind of music uh initially uh, you know it's ended somewhere between honky tonkin and blue oyster colt and the eagles and and um you know and and even like i got into nick cave pretty early and um mm-hmm. um big black and i was lucky to have some punk rock influences along with NXS and stuff. I, I'm a fan of music uh, my whole life, you know, so I, I loved everything, female singers particularly, you know. Um, uh, I have um, I still have a crush on Linda Ronstadt. I think uh, we all do. <laughs> Amen. 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 So forever, ever, like you did, you know, you just, uh, I responded music with some, you know, you, you talk to people and you're like, what do you like? And they're like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, are you, what do you listen to? What's on the radio? Yeah, I was never like that. It no. Was, there's always a passion. No, I, I remember being seven years old and, and knowing who my favorite band was. And at that point, it was fucking T-Rex. T-Rex, <laughs> when I was seven, was my favorite band. Do I still <laughs> love Mark Boland T-Rex? Of course. Do I yeah. still love Cheap Trick? Of course. Yeah. Uh, solid. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that kind of like chisels you out, like who you're going to be. It, it, yeah. You're the type of person that can, like, definitely say that i am into this like when uh chris christopherson and you know johnny cash and willie and Waylon did the highwaymen uh yeah. oh, th- man. Th- that was such a, yes a pinnacle album for me when i was a, a young person uh to the point that i begged my grandfather to take me to see them when they went on their first tour and he took me that's awesome yeah good story yeah I mean, I, I saw it was it was a crazy couple of years there because my dad took me to see the Who and who opened for the Who at Shea Stadium, the Clash. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. ten years old seeing that, like, you know. right? Yeah, yeah, man. But I I was one of those people just like you. I always knew. I always knew what my path was as far as you right. know what music was happening and and in the midst of all that and finding punk and finding like uh ornette coleman i nice there was still time and, and space for me to enjoy def leopard hysteria yeah. <laughs> like because yeah. it all comes from the same place you yeah. and i think yeah. people missed that too you know yeah yeah um and and i don't know that maybe there's nothing wrong about the person who wants to define themselves as just listening to reggae or hip-hop or just heavy metal but it doesn't it is impoverishing you don't need to do it like that you know it's 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 more fun to listen to everything there's such an embarrassment of riches with music in general that True. why would you just not allow your your antenna to pick everything up as it comes past yeah you can easily just turn the station <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't like what you hear you're gonna find yeah. something you like um and i don't think i've ever met a musician who really listens to music that way either like no even the heaviest metal band you know is gonna you know take the guitars out you know go home throw on some bob marley or hip-hop or you know maybe it's (laughs) the bach album i don't know like yeah you know whatever it is that like gets them in the zone of not just you know the day-to-day grind of you know i have to do this i have to be listening to this at all times or you know i'm not cool or true or you know whatever it is like i don't think any musician really thinks like that and it's a it's a cool thing 
It is cool. Well, and and too, like we're I don't know about you, we're kind of hippies in that the the community that we're in is very loving and supportive. Is yeah. uh, the, the the and and the days where it was punk rock, it was fuck you and fist being thrown, did exist, and we were part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a young man's enthusiasm, not 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 a desire for violence, you know. Yeah. Um, and now and now, uh. There's it's at the point where it's like uh, there's so much um, once having reached this level of play with these gentlemen, like in our neighborhood and our community, it's a viable place for working musicians. You know what I mean? You, you, you can see a quality of a musician and you can participate in a quality of music that I think is unusual. I, I think about the fact that it's unusual that I'm 53 years old and I get to be a singer in a really good rock band because because I know, I know guys who play, you know, um, uh, and that's been, I, I, I can't just walk past the fact that that's not the case for everybody, you know, not everybody has that in their life. So I'm very aware of it and grateful for it. That, well, that's rarefied because I can honestly say uh, I, that's my mindset, but that is not my community in, in, in the least. There's a, a very defined, rigid line that you one follows. You're either this or that. And if you're not this, then you can't be that. You know, there's there's far too much um, codification. Yeah, it's like policing going on, depending on the venue and the yeah, group. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. that sucks, man. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it happened. It, people people try to have it happen here, but it's it's nice try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and and you keep doing what you're doing, man. Because I yeah. think I think I think people like-minded people find each other you know what i mean yeah. and um and not everybody wants to be a cop about the music they listen to that's just not fun it's just no. not fun no. i i mean and it kind of brings to mind also with you know the 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 poetry of it all what was that whole push for you like where was were you bitten by a certain writer certain poet or was it just an aesthetic thing or just (laughs) something because i know with me it was being 11 years old and reading robert service and uh uh you know walt whitman and just things that were in the house that were part of my my everyday life and that's where it sparked well, so you, you you had you had parents who were readers. I had parents who I had a mother who had a degree in journalism and a father who was a pipe fitter. So that equals me. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, it, it looks well on you. I, I was also uh, I was I was I was a voracious reader since I was a kid. Yeah, and um, I went. I attended the Catholic school, and um, they had a pretty good section of heraldic. Epic poetry, the Song of Roland, uh, Charlemagne, uh, the uh, Mort d'Arthur, uh, and so as a kid, I kind of geeked. I was a geek, uh, and I was into epic poetry about swords and damsels in distress and uh, uh, the dragon, you know, and and uh, and so my 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 poet my early poetry stuff is is entirely epic narrative. You know, I went from there to the, the Iliad pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you know it's it's it's. Uh, uh, are you do you, do you write poetry in addition to lyrics? Do you see those as two different jobs? Because I nope. see them two Same different. Same thing. Jobs. Yeah, it's and that's a, that's an interesting. Um, 
it's an interesting filter to apply to, uh, you know, pet the dog, pet the dog, pet the dog is one thing versus, um, you know, something where you. Uh, I see that as haiku. I see that like, uh, do you remember the band Discharge? Yeah. The hardcore yeah, band. They wrote, their lyrics were very haiku. Jesse, it's almost haiku in its way because there's there's these repeating like very. There's a couple lines, but there's a passion applied to those few sparse words that that make it meaningful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and to me, I, some people would think lyricism and writing poetry are two different things. To me, it you're you're in service of something. Yeah. And and when something comes out of me, at first I'm not entirely sure if it is a set of lyrics or a poem. Right. It's about whether or not it's applicable to the situation. Sometimes it's just it's just more well served as a set of words. Sometimes it's more well served as a part of a greater body of work. Yeah, cool. I like you, that. You know what oh. I mean? And, and and that might sound pretentious and stupid, but that's just that's the way I, I I do it. I don't think it's pretentious to have an opinion about something that you're that you're invested in about a discipline that you're that you're invested in practicing. I don't think I don't think it's snobbish to to to, to have a, 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 a to to privilege certain ways of of knowledge or or engaging knowledge, particularly once you know what works for you. No. You know what I mean? Uh, and and I wonder all the time because like to me, somebody like um, Dylan. Um, is a perfect example of a guy who's a poet and a lyricist. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, well, maybe I can. Can I imagine singing Walt Whitman? I can imagine singing Walt Whitman. I can't. But um, I like um, you, you, uh, um, talking about um, Iggy Pop and, uh, and The Passenger is one of my favorite songs in the whole world. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I think I heard Iggy Pop say he was never going to write a song. Like he, he won a contest when he was a kid, like a serial contest with. He wrote a poem that was seventeen words long or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, it just had seventeen words in it, and he said something. He, he was just going to use seventeen words. So I get off on that too. I mean, there's just there's a uh, uh, there's that that kung fu discipline. It's like I don't know. Like the dude from um, TV on the radio writes these great bizarre lyrics, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and I thought the last Taylor Swift song isn't bad. Uh, <laughs> don't you think sometimes she feels like everybody's a sexy baby and she's a monster up on the hill? That's not bad. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, it's, it, it's interesting to me where do, where does, where does lyricism and where do, uh, something outside that you reference Cormac McCarthy, you know, do you think yeah. you do you think he'd write a good lyric? I do. We uh, we should ask him. I, I I mean I don't know. He, he, he <laughs> we should ask him if he'd write a song for us. writing songs. <clears throat> I think he's a master storyteller, and I think within the confines of telling stories, and and you apply the Bob Dylan of it all to it. There's there's could he miss? Sure, but yeah. could, he, could he write lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. For, of course he could. Of course he could. And uh, reading the passenger, some of the stuff inside of it, it makes me wonder if he isn't. Uh, he's he's writing in this sort of um, 
uh, vaudevillian tradition, but but it makes me wonder if some of the stuff is in his own. It's pretty good. That and that's why, like when I, I conjure Dragline as an album, and I say it's like Cormac McCarthy were the singer of of like you know uh, an Americana inflected hardcore punk band. It's because the, that there's that southern almost southern gothic bent to the the narrative of the entire thing and god damn it it just fe it feels so similar in 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 vibe to like blood meridian or something to me because there's that there's that longing there's that viscera and you know it, there's a journey to that uh, can I tell my girlfriend that you compared the lyrics of Dragline to Blood Meridian? Yes, okay. yes, you can. <laughs> Thank you. I've been doing that. You know, I, I, uh, the, one of the things, and Ben, Ben and I agreed. This is something that we agreed on really early. And 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 I love bands like Monster Magnet. Uh, mm. um, a band is lucky enough to tour with, and didn't get them at the time, but now in retrospect, look back at them and think, you know, that good good rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, one thing this band kind of agreed from the start, and it's, it's funny because we're funny guys, uh, we're not going to be ironic. We're not interested in, we're not interested in, in some sort of hipster uh, logic game. Um, uh, and, and I think in, in, that, um, in that resolution for ourselves, we approach something significant uh no, no we're close to cormac mccarthy but but we're serious about what we're doing you know what i mean like him we, we take what we're doing seriously and and it comes from uh in my opinion a similar mindset because you know i think when you boil it all down mccarthy's writing is about existentialism at its most raw and unappealing and your writing is always approaching the same thing. There's no, there's no prettying up the facts. You know, it all, it's always coming from a, a very honest, real place with smut on its nose. And, and that's, that's appealing to me. That, that draws me in. Uh, we, did you go through an existential phase? I'm still in one. I'm still uh, in one. I'm still in one, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, we recognize each other then. Yeah. Then, then, you know, then, then, you know, like I do, there's a place where in music you get to decide I'm going to arbitrarily ascribe some significance here and it's going to count, you know, cause it's going to be beautiful or it's going to help communicate something that I want to communicate to my kid or to the world at large or whatever. And um, that's, uh, uh, and then so then we get to be we get to be big boys. We get to be adults. We get to say what matters to us, and that's kind of where we were headed anyway. At least I think. And it's funny, uh, the like the main conceit of this show. It's the only I only have one pre pre prepared question for any musician, author, artist ever on this show, and it is what terrifies you on an existential level it's the only through line it's the only tie that binds it's what makes the book of very very bad things very very bad um because in my opinion what your existential crisis is what your dread is is yeah. it's kind of what you are yeah 
Yeah, <laughs> you, you are what you dread. Uh, yeah. have, have you made these t-shirts yet? Are you selling them on? <laughs> I think you're going to go like hotcakes. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we're talking about uh, 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 romantic French poets. I, 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 I think it was uh, Celine who said, um, he said, imagine you've been dead. You've been dead for a while. Uh, and then you wake up and you you you, you see a dog. You 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 you're given a couple seconds of life. You, you you've been dead for hundred years, but you're given a couple seconds of life, and you come back to uh, life, and you are given a, a couple seconds, and you see a dog pissing on a a, a, a water hydrant, right? Mm. And uh, you're you're so moved by the beauty of it, you you, you can't take it, right? You 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 break down, weeping, crying because the, the dog pissing is so beautiful. <laughs> my um, the, my existential uh, crisis is the is the old old one. I'm gonna miss being alive when I'm gone. There's a lot of things I, I like dogs. Uh, I like yeah. watching dogs piss on fire hydrants. And, uh, <laughs> baseball is fun to watch, and cold beer is good. I like making out with girls. Uh, um, my kudos, uh, I like dancing and hanging out with them. My existential dread is that someday I won't be here. And uh, I'm, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'm going to miss. That's, uh, at least that's <laughs> realistic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> that makes me feel partially psychotic. Uh, why, 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 why? What's yours? <laughs> we, we're trading, right? We're sure, we're yeah, trading. we're we're going to trade. This is all about sharing on this show. Um, when I was uh, I was fucked up when I was a kid. I'm not going to lie to you. I learned how to read when I was three. My son's three. He knows how to read. Nice. Um, it, but I didn't talk. Neither did he until very recently. But we could read. Um, so having been a strange young man to begin with uh with a penchant for the maudlin i was watching <laughs> nova do you remember nova on PBS? yes to, to this day yeah uh right it's I, on youtube man i was i was very i was i might have been five six somewhere in there and they were talking about you know there's a, a finite de line of delineation in the known universe where the light dies and you're right. in oblivion nothingness right that has plagued my psyche and <laughs> ruined my soul since i was six years old and what is I, that nothing and how can there be nothing what's on the other side of the nothing more nothing different yeah. nothing yeah nothing the, yeah. what yeah. terrifies me is oblivion yeah yeah and, and that's that's where we're all headed right yeah yeah, the void, the void, yeah. staring into the void. The void stares back. Yeah. There's, there's that whole like, is that hell? Is, is hell the loneliness, cold isolation, and 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 stygian blackness of the abyss? <laughs> well, if if it's conscious, if, yeah. if, if I'm conscious in the stygian abyss, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds that does, that sounds like hell. And you know, I, am I ever going to have to worry about that? No. Yeah, no, I'm right. not going to see it. Stuff you worry about that you don't need that you never have to worry about, really. But and but that when I close my eyes every night, the oh. first place I go, it's compared to the universe to the Stygian blackness. I like it. Yes, okay. yes. Well, uh, uh, you know, because um, it's where it, the nothingness of the edge of the universe is either expanding into new nothing 
or it's creating a something and it's nothingness as it goes past a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. And, there's, and, room for, there's room for both of us in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how that turns into a has, uh, glass half full situation, but I guess it kind of does. It can. Yeah, it can. <laughs> Well, um, we need to get you. Uh, we need to get you on the um, the, the friends of the band list uh, uh, to send you a shirt or get you some new. Uh, we we are in the point where we're trying to start promoing, promoting. Um, we did a couple covers. We got the next record in the pipes, and we're, we're we're starting to get it down. So I don't know what what you're doing or or how what kind of relationship you'd want to have. But I'd love to do it again with you or have you have you. Uh, 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 give a get our stuff to you first, and have you do a, a, a play by it or something. Anything to build the relationship. Oh, uh, I, I, I would love pink, that. I'm taking point pink that you that you reached out to us and want to and want to continue the relationship. Please do because listen, uh, as I said, it's it's kind of hard for me to get too excited about new music, but when I hear new music and it's really good, I kind of lose my shit over it because. It, it, it's so far and few between right now, even though I think it's a very fertile landscape for new music and there is a lot of good stuff out there. When something really hits, it's, it, it's almost revelating, you know, and, and Godzillionaire definitely holds that place for me, not only because I was such a massive fan of Paul, but because it's actually very good. We all know what it's like to listen to uh, someone who had a former glory and now they're doing stuff that, eh, you know, yeah. I guess not everybody could be Nick Cave, but it's still good. It's actually, I, I might be betraying my younger self, but I, I actually think it's better than Paw because it is more realized. It is, it, it, it has something extra for me that I, I kind of carries me along into a, a, a greater through line, you know? Uh, I feel I'm more proud of uh, of Godzillionaire stuff than I, I am of Paul. I think it's obviously better, but um, I, I, and I, you know, I don't hate on what I accomplished with that Paul band. The fact that there was something about that that led us to have this conversation now, where we're getting to talk and 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 have this connection, I think that's really cool, man. You know, yeah, so man. I don't I don't hate on I don't hate on it. It just uh, my favorite my favorite stuff right now is the record we're working on. Because that's that's what we're working on. So that's always going to be my favorite stuff, you know. Yeah, and you'd said you weren't even really like, you didn't have like a real friendship with those guys in Paw then, huh? You know, we we got we got signed and and we got popular so quick. Uh, it got thrown on the road so quick, and and we were young, and we had Grant and I had we butt heads we had head butting personalities um and and it was unfortunate because uh it made things that could have been it could have lasted longer or been more pleasant unpleasant um and it was just because we didn't know how to be successful or, or courteous with each other you know mm -hmm. him and his brother uh they had a fight while we were banned and they haven't spoken since um, yeah, because I know because Pete reached out. Pete and I are, are in communication. We talk. We touch base. He touched base with me, and and that was one of the things that he he bemoaned to me with regret because um, 
whatever that band did to us, one of the things it did was in their brotherhood. They don't, they don't talk. They're brothers and they do not speak to each other. That's uh, like Oasis level shit. That's yeah. fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another, which is another thing that 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 brightsides this this band for me because it's so opposite. That we tell each other we love each other more than a, a like a lady sewing circle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's it's a very very positive and supportive band. That I'm, that I'm it's, it's not about ego. It's about we got these songs. How do we make them better? And I don't think we even started really actually taking it seriously until maybe the fourth year into it we literally just <laughs> we are stoners and years, <laughs> years playing together with absolutely no intent of ever really even getting out of the space we were in to be perfectly honest with you that's yeah. kind of where the black hole comes in we were happy we were happy we were, we were happy going around our black hole yeah we were, we were in it and we gave zero fucks if anyone was here or not yeah everyone outside of it was basically the void you know because we're in the space doing what we do and so when small change was created you guys were for all intents and purposes just a garage band yeah essentially yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> literally just a garage band and we we recorded we played in one garage and we recorded another and <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, and the for absolute zero in Avalanche. Uh, what else is on there? Cats on there. There's some good things on there. That 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 record sounds bad to me. Uh, not that it sounds bad. It just it doesn't sound bad. But there there's some parts that you hear. It's honest. Yeah, be it's, honest with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hilariously. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's part of being in a band, too. Like, the, the first thing you do, I mean, people are, are always like, oh, it's not as good as the demo. It's not as good as the first album. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I think your first record's good. I think the second record's far superior. Me, too. Me, too. And you that's know? hilarious because we recorded it in two separate houses on, a you know, the most small recording system possible with a drum machine yeah we did excommunication here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we're in my house right now and we did most well not most but a lot of the vocals here we did a lot of the, the heavy yeah. for the vocals yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny how how much darker i think the second one is too i think this i think it really is like small change has its moments the great depression ep has more moments Negative balance gets really, really. It it gets to a, a a a pretty sturdy kernel of of bleakness, I think, in its way. Exactly. I mean, excommunication to a greater extent was two divorces, three if you would, <laughs> if you include the fact that we used a drum machine <laughs> for a reason. Uh, right. It's because we got a new drummer shortly after it was done. Like there was a lot of, and there was a lot of death going on. I mean, it, it's dark because it captured something we took out of the ether and the black hole that we tend to get into. I mean, it was yeah. Well, that's we. That's the part of the, that's the part of the pool we like playing in. That's the plus one pool I like playing in. The the deep dark end, man. Yeah. I, I didn't want to play. I don't want to play in the walking on sunshine end of the pool. I don't. Uh, not that I don't. That that, that there's not. 
uh, love songs or gentle music that I don't like. I, I do, and I, I think we there there is some things that are approaching that on this record. Um, but it is I'm interested in the undertow, man. I, I always yeah. thought what's the, what's the uh, who who has the documentary uh, about the music? Is it Wilco or uh, I'm trying to break your heart? Oh, that's uh, that's Wilco, yeah. Yeah, I always thought that's the most honest uh, title for a record. Um, because that's what I'm. That's what I want to do. I want to break your heart. Yeah, yeah, and I think that harkens back to uh, you know original like outlaw country western type like motif. You know what I mean? That's that's what I loved about that music when I was a very very young man because there is a gothic element to that old country western stuff. Yeah, man. She went calling wildfire. Yeah, like it one night and her horse got away and, and it was just gone and she's always just going wildfire man it's what uh, it is. yeah that's yeah. what it is i mean that that's what that johnny cash made an entire career based yeah. around you know shooting a man in reno just to watch him die and yeah. it, there's there's something to be said about harnessing that 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 human negativity that People can rally around people. They, we, we all know what that feels like, right? It, well, it, it kind of becomes the, and maybe there is some irony here because the, the ironic thing about it is, is that it makes you feel good, right? Yeah. It, that, it, it, is that so, get, tipping your toe in the misery bath? Mm. It can kind of help you. You know, you walk around a little uh, uh, hitching your giddy up the next day. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, putting a, a tear in somebody's beer. <laughs> That's right. It, uh, it, it does kind of awaken something. Dear, you've been on my lonesome mind. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's important, though. I, I That's something that's always existed. I mean, we have examples of, you know, classical violinists in the, the 1500s, 1600s, who would paint themselves to look a little, you know, pasty and say oh he sold his soul to the devil so he could play the piano or the violin that well and that continues on into robert johnson and there's there's a, a mystique to that yeah yeah that connection to the other the dark side the whatever well, and music is that's 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 very well put that because that is the mystique and the mystique is to people who can make that connection mm -hmm. right it's like uh robert johnson says i well, now I can give you tours, right? Like I got, I went on the other side. Now I can, now I can take you there. You just sit down and listen to this little song, and I'll tell you about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I, th I think the best of us uh, who create music, uh, the best storytellers, are telling it from a place of of pain and of darkness, even if there is like a lightness to it. Like, uh, you know, Jackie Wilson said, you know, that there's not all those songs were that happy. And yeah. it wasn't always coming from a place of just chasing the girl and feeling great about yourself. I mean, look at, look at Marvin Gaye, man. He, yeah. wrote, he wrote some beautiful, very sexy songs. And he also wrote What's Going On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, uh, you reminded me. You should check it out. Uh, Charles Mingus has got the song called uh, requiem for a dream mm -hmm. and uh and, and part of the song is it's like that music concrete it's like uh it's a guy answering he's like 
don't come over tonight, man. My record player's in the shop. I can't, you know. Uh, he's telling somebody he can't, he's not, he can't entertain him because his record player's in the shop. He, he don't, I mean, if you don't have the record player, what's the point of them coming over? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that that's a better that's a better story than I found five bucks. No offense to <laughs> you, you found five bucks. <laughs> right, right, and and it did inspire a a pretty important novel as well. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, that that was that was inspired by Mingus's piece. Yeah, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't know that. Look at Mingus's life. Look at the the the, you know, his body of work. There's a, there's a definite heroin connection there, and then you read Requiem for a Dream, and you you know you see that that uh, degradation of humanity. I, right. it, to me, it makes sense, but to me, with jazz, that specific era, like once you get into yeah. the hard bop era of jazz, well, it's called it's it's called t, uh, is it uh, Tijuana. It's called Tijuana, Tijuana music or T. I, I can't remember, but it was recorded in Tijuana, and, it, and the stories him talking about recording it will make your hair stand up a little bit on the end of your head. Oh yeah, listen, the, the, Tijuana sounds. Tijuana, Tijuana sounds. sounds. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But when you're stuff. looking at like, like the bird and you know uh, Miles Davis, like they all, all the hard bop era guys, they lived hard. Hard bop gins for hard bop fans, man. I, I still yeah. rock Albert Eiler. Oh, my uh, and God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put together the records in um, uh, uh, the back back behind you. Is it is it the Pixies that was directly behind you? Which one? The, On your left. Uh, uh, yeah. That's, the, that's uh, the, not the Pixies. That's a new band called Lesser Care, but I have every Pixies album back here. On, it kind of looked like the Bossa Nova. Uh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good looking collection you got to go there, man. I yeah, was more into the Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet in the back. Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, it's the, one of the most underrated. The Cured, Grave Diggers, uh, Quicksand, oh, Biohazard, <laughs> Dag Nasty. <laughs> like I got, I dude, Dag Nasty. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah man. That's can Fuck I yeah. say? Fuck yep. yeah. Yep. Fuck yeah. Where's your record collection? We should. Uh, we should you, you should look through mine and you should let me look through yours. Oh, absolutely. Abs that would give me a great amount of joy. There's something uh, it would. I've got a good one too. There's something autobiographical about looking at what a person is really into, not just putting on airs like, okay, here's I I'm cool. I listen to, you know, A, B, and C. It's it, uh, it's dude, I, I've said it for years there's a t-shirt, and I think you've probably seen it. Uh, I don't judge people by uh, their their gender or who they like or what they who they worship. Uh, I judge people by their record collection. <laughs> yeah, and and there's there's a truth to that because I think if you look at a person's record collection and you see how far they're willing to delve, you can tell you can kind of tell a lot about a person from what they listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If if you, if you go through a person's record collection and you just see like, you know. As much as I, I like Nirvana, if they have the only Nirvana record they have is Nevermind, or if the only like the only uh, hip hop record they own is uh, you know like MC Hammer, but they don't have <laughs> a, any tribe called Quest in their fucking no collection. The only hip hop record they have is MC Hammer. That yeah, it not exist. maybe it exists. It's like a grandma Poughkeepsie or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
but but there's no there's no public enemy there's no tribe called quest you look at you know they have a garth brooks record but they don't have any hank senior like you, you gotta wonder about that person like did you just join columbia house get 15 records and yeah, yeah that was yeah, it right, right yeah yeah if there were a, a holy grail like record or group of records that you could get your hands on and and have that be like your be all end all like i've been looking for this forever this completes me is does that even exist for you uh well it, it does and um you know if you look at uh if, you, if you're on spotify and you look at my record collections i've done a, a good job of trying to do like i have um sounds like you got some jazz uh in your in your uh in your wood pile me too oh, man yeah. uh i was obsessed um so i've got jazz sides that would push your wig back just in terms of of one-off pressings man um that you know that just happened to have dexter gordon come in on uh, uh you know um uh um and uh and i have um records that were important to me because like season of risk my friend Steve gave me a seven inch you know what i mean so my buddy steve gave me this seven inch and it's, for, it's from him you know and so i've had it for um i have um uh i've got my, my my beatles my classic rock collection is pretty good yeah um uh if there's is there a record that and i'm pretty good about getting myself the records that, that i want mm -hmm. um uh, you know, that Mingus, uh, Tijuana Sounds doesn't have Requiem for a Dream on the vinyl because it's too long. Yeah. I'd kill for that. I'd kill for that on vinyl, actually. It'd be, that'd be one that I'd, uh, I'd, 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 but I've got a good, I've got a good enough collection that I'd be more inclined to, to brag about what I got. No, I, I would be way into hearing it because like I've, I've, uh, I'm married into jazz royalty. Just a little tip nice. about me. My wife, my wife, uh, her great uncle uh, is Lawrence Lucy. He played with the Duke Ellington Quartet. He was the best man in one of Duke's weddings. He, right played, he played with Billie Holiday. He was an incredible like jazz guitarist, one of the greatest of all time. Very unsung hero, but Lawrence Lucy is, his name comes up alongside legends. Uh, we're checking him out this and this is your father-in-law or grandpa-in-law this is this is my wife's great uncle right on man and uh on my side of the family my dad was a jazz drummer so i kind of have jazz coming out of my ears well, so. well, <laughs> all right we'll, we'll do the jazz uh playlist exchange man because i i had a um a kjhk has got a jazz show in the morning and when i was going to school there I had a jazz shift. Um, I do three hours a week, but I spent all week long working on those three hours, man, because yeah. it just going crazy, you know, research and finding stuff. I, I got to the point where this is an embarrassing story. I had to, I had to switch to, to, to new country. And I mean like Luke Bryan, like new country, not long, like commercial, but I had to listen. I had to switch to commercial <laughs> radio, new country because i had gone too far down the the jazz wormhole man and I, I i i i was only relating everything to like different sessions or different drummers or, or different labels and what time and whose careers yeah yeah it got to, i got a little obsessed <laughs>
It's, yeah, uh, I did not get obsessed, and I did not stay. I did not stay on the new country that no, long. Sure, I, I did not stay on the new country. Country girl, shake it for me. Shake it for me. I think that, you know it, it, there's something very. I I hasten to say punk rock about about jazz in it, the hard bop era especially for sure for sure man like you get They're that so even though that's, that's the and, and it was made by outsiders too yeah. it was yes. made by outsiders too uh, uh, uh yeah like yeah. when you think of kind of blue as and it is very entry level hard bop it is like you know the the frampton comes alive of jazz but when you think about who's on it and you think about what they created as a modal piece because everything yeah. was like we're playing yeah. in this time signature in this key fucking go it's and one of the only truly original american art forms yeah uh, uh period uh I, and i mean not and i don't know if it's fair to claim american or if i should say african-american yeah um uh because i mean it's in entirely in, in the hands of uh, almost entirely the hands of the black community that we have that's thanks for the jazz but 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 as an art form that from here, uh, there's uh, it is a wealth that is still I still go I still go to it. Yeah, because it 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 was so fruitful for so long, and it did like, kind of, say, like the punk rock thing. Like there's no rules. Like if people like uh, you know it, it, people real they weren't getting screwed. They weren't getting screwed over by some white manager. They were just going into clubs. And figuring out like Coltrane's like vertical composition shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like motherfuckers, like I'm taking this ride, and you can watch or or, or not. It, but it, <laughs> it was it, it was it was very it, punk rock in its fertility, or it's it's demanding, or or its unapologeticness, uh, and very compelling that way. And and the fact that it was in in all actuality instantaneous. Right, because because I mean, it's, it's, it's improvisation. improvisation. Yeah, yeah. Like and nobody said, "Hey, we're gonna do it." You know, these chords here don't don't fuck it up. You know, <laughs> it was hey, fuck it up as much as possible. Just make it sound good. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you remember everything that you've been taught about music? Just forget it and just do your right. thing. And just just go so out there cool. and blow it. You know, yeah, like and yeah. and that's why when I bring up kind of blue, and it is very. It's pedestrian almost, and how uh, everybody it, knows it, about it's it. A masterpiece. It's a masterpiece because you have Miles Davis, John Coltrane, fucking Cannon, Cannonball Adderley's on it. Like there are so many fucking incredible people involved in this little record. Yeah, and it legitimately changed the face of everything because a Love Supreme comes thereafter, and Bitches Brew yeah. comes thereafter, and there's yeah. so, like my God, there is preach it so many pinnacles thereafter it's like looking at a sine wave just greatness upon greatness upon greatness i think that we had that in other forms of music i think in the early 90s it got really cool and could be construed as something that impressive i think now it's so static that you can't really even map it but i think now is the most open playing field for music I, sure. I really feel that way. Sure. The, the field for music is so open right now. It's silly for us to act like we know what's going on yeah, because yeah. so many people are doing so many, there's so many kids writing something crazy in their basement right now that we can't hear. It's, it's impossible to make any 
accurate statement about that that includes like what's going on with music right now. Mm-hmm. But we can't say that it's an open field and it's exciting and that's fun to be working alongside those others with what we're doing. And are you out there still like playing shows with these younger bands and experiencing that their uh, vigor and and excitement for it? Oh, oh my God! What was what, what, what's the what was the band that we just played with? The, that's going to be Cody said it's going to be the hugest rock band in the world. Oh, Velveteers! The Velvet. Have you heard of Velveteers? Yes. Have you, have you heard of the Velveteers? Yeah. Uh, they they blew us off the stage recently, which was real fun. <laughs> <laughs> which was great because they were they were really into what we were doing, and and a lot of what we were doing was what will be the new record. So that felt great too, just having that sort of like you know push to be like hey i don't know what the hell i just saw but it's awesome and please keep doing that yeah well we, 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 <laughs> and have you ever seen uh you got to see mikey play because uh we're performers we yeah. like to play uh we we get joy from performing um and so yes there 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 will be shows i mean i remember early 90s watching <laughs> you just about blow my childhood favorite band social distortion off the stage uh, yeah okay. yeah we we, uh, they're, they're, we we were we were we were in shape we were in good fighting shape uh it, it was was that show in philadelphia yes bro i had the weirdest night the night we played uh <laughs> uh with social distortion in philadelphia i want to tell you about it but it's i don't know if you got that much time i got all the time in the world I, okay then let, let, let me can I hit the pipe? I'm hitting it right now, dude. Do what you yeah, gotta yeah. do, baby. I, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you the story because it's hilarious. Uh, we we played the was it the Trocadero? Yeah, it was the truck. Okay, uh, so we played Trocadero, and um, and I uh make friends with a uh, a uh, a local, and he says, uh, let's get out of here, and um. We went to uh, a, a bar, and, and um, the, the, there's, there's two good parts of my story. Uh, after we after we left the truck there, the first part is we, we left this bar. And we went uh, we went to another one, and um, uh, uh, there was a blind guy get drunk at the bar, and there was a, um, a, a I guess she was a hooker, um, an older woman, and uh, she was up on the bar. She was dressed, and she's grinding. So, or she's grinding in front of the blind guy, <laughs> and um, uh, oh, no. and, and I, 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 and um, uh, the guy I was with, Jeffrey Lee Pratt Jr. or Senior, he's a sculptor. It comes into the story shortly. Uh, he says, he, he says, lady, he can't, he can't, he can't see it. <laughs> and he says, he can't see it, but he sure can't smell it. Oh no! That's it. The guy nodded his head in agreement, uh, and we, we 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 left we left that the, the bar to go to Jeffrey's studio, and and it wasn't that far. We we didn't have to walk that far from the truck there. He had, he had made a potato tornado in his studio. He had he had potato based art form. Of going throughout his his warehouse, but but the one that he was working on a commission for from the bank was his th- th- potato tornado. It was like thirty two hundred potatoes 
hung by fishing line to form like a cyclone <laughs> pattern. We were there with twins. Uh, I had chastity, and it was char charity and chastity. <laughs> and, and they were both redheaded twins. And chastity <laughs> let, let me kiss her all night. She didn't. We didn't. She was chased. Mm. Uh, but in the potato tornado, uh, the night we played with uh, social destruction uh, 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 there, that was, um, I still remember that, that, that night very explicitly because of how weird it was. <laughs> I know a lot of your stories, but that is pretty scary. I didn't even tell you all the, like, this guy had so much potato-based art. Uh, like, he had, like, these uh, books where he would have people who had had accidents or deformities and then he'd have a headshot and then he'd have an acetate ink overlay with where he'd taken a, a picture of a potato that matched that person's head. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had these vacuum jars <laughs> potato and the potato went all crazy, right? Growing arms and, and having the eyes and stuff. It had black light on it. So it looked like a stoner poster. Like it was all fuzzy and purple and crazy, like all the bacteria and fuzz and stuff. There were a number of potatoes. <laughs> I just love that you remembered all this. Like permanently. Once you see the potato tornado, you don't go back. Oh my God. <laughs> and still, like after having borne witness. To the potato tornado and 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 the hooker dancing for the blind guy. You still had the, the one live show. I'm gonna be. I hooked that guy up. I tried to find him. I, I, I tried to find him. Yeah. I, well, I haven't tried to find Charity, although uh, Jasky. I tried to find Jeffrey Lee Platt because of his potato tornado. <laughs> you still had the wherewithal to play one fuck of a show, though. We did, we did. How we did, did you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Weird things happen in Pennsylvania. That's why no. David Lynch is from Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, um, so many fucking fuck ups are from this state, and there's a, <laughs> you know, it's because it is like a psychic vortex of just creep, creepy nonsense. <laughs> like potato tornadoes and and hookers dancing for blind men in bars, and it's it's almost a beautiful thing. I'm kind of yeah, happy. Yeah, a good time than a bad time. Yeah, it's not a bad. You don't strike me as creepy, and David Lynch, although maybe he strikes me as creepy, uh, my kind of creepy. Yeah, he's definitely like if I'm gonna align my uh, if I'm gonna hitch my wagon to any weirdo star. Yeah, it's, it's, the guy. Him or him or Cronenberg. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, and uh, um, we can get from Holland Drive. Didn't Linda Ronstadt sing um, uh, "Blue Bayou" in Spanish in that? Yeah, that was that's one of the that's one of the coolest things that ever happened in a movie, as far as I'm concerned. It it's got to be one of them, and yeah. it takes somebody like that to orchestrate. That Look kind of strangeness. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, uh, close, closer. <laughs> it's easy when I'm close to you. It's easy when I'm close to you. <laughs>
is there going to be another book of poetry? Is is yeah? I'm trying to get two out right now. I've got one that's done. I, I was reluctant about putting it out because it's it's love poems, and you know how I feel about love poems. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I've got one coming soon and one coming later. Now, you can why these reprinted? Is the other question. I, you know, I so I've got I got some books out and they're they they sell and then I they're gone. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna ever print it. I, I really once I get done with the project, I'm kind of like I'm done with it. Yeah. I've seen I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm done with it. That one's done. So uh, there's no interest I, in holding on to a, a posterity as far as I'll, I'll give you an example. We so. The first album, I want to say there's three or four songs we had well recorded before that that were just like, you know, things we put together on an iPhone in, in the void at the practice space. And after a while, it's, no, we can't use that. We can. <laughs> it's been put on the shelf, yeah. <laughs> or burnt to the ground. Like, there may not even be recordings of some of these things because... Yeah. He's just like, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's enough. So I've seen it. Yeah. Seen it in real time. Well, but I, I don't know if you have, and I think uh, Airport Motel is all gone, but I have copies of the other two. If you if you would like some, I would be happy to send you what I have. I would love that because legitimately the only, the only print of yours that I own is the first, the, the first one that came out, you know, cue the bedlam. Yep. Yeah, uh, there, there's two better ones, and I'll send them to you. I would love that. I would love that tremendously because, uh, like, you know how the world works. If it's not like, if it's not sold in like a major bookseller or something, like I, I, I'm not really. My bandwidth for paying attention to everything going on the in the world at all times is very, yep. very slender. Yep. But uh, 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 tentative. I hear you. I feel the same way, and, and you got Mikey going through our, our merch thing. We'll we'll, we'll put you together a, a care package. Oh, that would make me incredibly happy. I uh, I often wonder too when things happen, like when Dragline gets reissued uh, by Music by Vinyl and stuff like that. Does that kind of spill over into uh, more interest in Godzillionaire for you guys? You know, I'm 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 a little bit butthurt that Paws got like a, a thirty thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, and and Godzilla's got like eight hundred. I don't I, know why. I, I don't know why people um, do people uh, like Paw know that I sing for Godzilla and don't don't like Godzilla as much. I don't know why there's not the same crossover. I think it's probably just not having it be in front of people's faces. Paw people who know Paw got to be older now. You know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really know, but, uh, I know it's a good gig and that I'm, I'm happy to have it and that, um, uh, and you, I'm talking about it with you. So, uh, yeah. I mean, there, I guess there's a, there's a little motion on the ground. Well, the thing is there's a, uh, there was a second life for paw in so far as like the underground. Oh, well, yeah, we do a grunge come back. With heart, no, no, not even with grunge coming back because everybody I knew who was into paw, a lot of them I got into you guys, but 
even people who are like from different scenes and stuff like that, like bands like Converge, uh, who are like really heavy spastic hardcore band, pause one of their favorite bands. And like, there's a, a, a serious... <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Con the band Converge, uh, Jacob Bannon, the, the singer, uh, top five favorite bands of all time, pause in there. Tell them what's today. I, I will. I will. And there's a, a through line through the, the, the punk and hardcore scene with, with Paw. It, because, as I'd said before, to me, it, it's not grunge. To me, it, it has way more in common with punk than it does, you know, a lot of that other, that more forgettable grunge stuff. I mean, I love Tad. I love the Screaming Trees, early, like early Soundgarden, but all of that also has a yep. metal and, and punk sensibility. Um, but to me, if these people who are my contemporaries heard Godzillionaire, they would actually prefer that to paw well the, uh, the, and and here you are playing them some or at least introducing them some thank you yeah yeah and uh, you know in the in the context of this episode and the body of it i'm going to include some of the music that's how i kind of do with the podcast at, at the top and at the bottom of the show well, i'll play i'll play a whole song and then underneath the conversation i will also you know pepper in some music because yeah. what's better than you know you're listening to a band extol the virtues of their music but you don't have a frame of reference now you do yeah no and, no that's good cool. please use whatever you want we own all of our stuff we own all our rights use it where you get you it where you fit, see fit please. yes that's fantastic yeah. yeah um do you guys still have copies of your vinyl left from the last record so we did a so that whole situation was a crowd funded thing through crates q rate mm -hmm. or whatever q rates yeah uh basically what happened is we got tired of people asking for it so we we're like what's the what's the option we can do right now to make this happen mm -hmm. now is the option and then it became like it was going to be really expensive <clears throat> because clearly they're going to press a hundred vinyl if the crowd funding makes it which it did which is still something i don't think any of us thought was ever going to happen the whole thing was a complete hail mary and to be honest with you we didn't make a lot of money from it either it, was, no, broke even. it was just to get it done like people we wanted, want it. We wanted vinyl we people wanted want vinyl. it yeah they seem to not give a fuck what it's going to cost so if it costs this much for this company to make it happen for us Let's give it a shot, and it happened. Mm. And uh, yeah, so if so, if you bought one through that situation, you got one. Yeah. And that at at this point, we're trying to figure out a way to print it again. Maybe not in the double gatefold ridiculousness that we did before, because that would be insane. The problem is when you're a band like we are, you have to pay for that up front. So, yeah. and as I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. is not cheap and also like if you buy it and no one buys it you're stuck with a hundred copies of vinyl in your house <laughs> yeah i and i think i paid a little a little better than fifty dollars for that yeah and and that's because it thank you it was oh, pressed man. in london 
like they they pressed it in London or wherever their manufacturing is in Europe, and then they were going to ship it worldwide to whoever got it. So like all of that costs went into however much the album went. So I think we made three dollars a a piece, maybe. I'm I'm being realistic. It was yeah not much because it was just a ridiculous thing to do. And what drew us to uh, vinyl was the expense and inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's a there's a generation of people far younger than me that they covet vinyl because it's uh, it's cool again. It's and material. I, it's not a zero zero NF motherfucking T one zero one. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm cool with that. I'm great with that. I'm glad it's a status symbol for those people because it means bands will bring vinyl back. But for me, that was my introduction to listening to music. Right. You know, uh, and when I was 10 years old, I was lying to the, the, my uh, uh, elementary school and saying that I was on free lunch when I wasn't and taking my lunch money from my parents every day and saving it up to send away to alternative tentacles to order records like my Nazi punks fuck off seven inch that's right yeah. behind me right there. Um, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, in, in maximum rock and roll. In maximum rock and roll. Exact yeah. fucking yeah. 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 There yeah. was that's how that's how I did it because like my paper route didn't give me enough to buy records sometimes, so that's how it went. But you know, that was my introduction. To me, that's how music is supposed to sound. Well, it's, you know, what's great is like, there's people right now and they're talking about like how much the motherfucking yen is versus the Euro tonight. Yeah. And I guess that's an okay, the people can live that way. But to me, like you've made a lifetime of music. You've made a lifetime of music. I mean, and there's other things there. We have families and, and, and other things, but, but agreeing that music is going to be a focal point for our life is means automatically it didn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. Automatically, is worse though. There, and you know, I have reference points that bring me back to certain parts of my life. Like every time I listen to Dragline, it brings me back to when I was, you know, too young to be graduating high school and going off to New York City to college. That's when that came out. That's when that. You know what I mean? Like I, these are mile markers for my for my life. Uh, you know, social distortions, self-titled record. I, it brings me back to you know kissing this girl that I was hooking up with back yeah, then. You yeah. know, gorilla biscuits. Gorilla biscuits start today brings me back to uh, skating uh, at a bank downtown near where I live currently. There's all these mile markers from my lifetime that are intrinsically tied. It's like the musical catcher in the ride, dude. Yes, exactly. And yeah, Jamie yeah. Salinger did not see that one coming. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 I see it coming from you now. There's, there's, uh, there's something hilarious about the fact that that's the serial killer's bible when it's really just about a, a, a spoiled kid who can't handle his own reality, and it's so well written <laughs> that people go nuts because of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to kill John Lennon now. You know, come on. <laughs> it's just a good book. And he never yeah, wanted to release any know. others. He could like have made it. a better noise record, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Unsane on that one? Holy shit. Yeah, that's funny. 
Well, hey, man, uh, it's um, getting uh, 10, 15. I'm at my buddy's place. Uh, do you want to carry this conversation on longer? What's going to, what you, what you, what's happening with this? Hi. Listen, I, I could I could go as long as you want. If you guys want to go retire and do some other things, I'm totally cool with that. We could get together again at some other point. I'm down for whatever. I'm very easy. Let's talk again for sure. Uh, uh let let's um let's have you uh let's let's loop you into our release stuff and have you uh if you could have you do stuff with us before we uh, put stuff up. I would love that very much. Cool. Perfect. We'll be probably sending you something here pretty shortly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 We'll get it. We'll get a care package together. Uh, hey, and how did you get a hold of us? Did you uh, get a hold of us on Facebook? Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Are we Instagram friends? Uh, I'm fr I know I follow you. Okay. I will follow you. I will follow you back. I, 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 um, hi. We'll exchange information. Yeah. Please do, man. And, cool. uh, when the record's ready to go, let's get together again. We'll get stoned. We'll have some drinks, and we'll uh, enjoy one another's company again. I like it. Sounds great. It sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. No problem, man. Thank you. It's been a Thank thrill. You. Thank you. There it is, folks. My discussion with Godzillionaire. And here is their cover of NXS's ubiquitous song, Don't Change. I won't interrupt it for too long, but I would like to tell you all that this was an incredible honor to sit and talk with these gentlemen. Uh, Mark Hennessy is an all-time favorite vocalist, lyricist of mine for 30 years now. It's 2023. 93 was when Dragline came out by Paw. It's been 30 years of just in intense listening and, and fandom and appreciation. In the spirit of that appreciation, they've been Godzillionaire. I've been Peter. You've been beautiful. And this has been the book of Very, Very Bad Things Podcast. Love and peace to you all. And I will talk to you again very soon. Good night, y'all.